No chance. What's good, y'all? We're back with another episode of the NCR Show. As always, it's your host, Ryan. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Nate. Hey, man, we got a really great episode for you guys. And the goal of a lot of these episodes now, because there's such, I mean, we just have so much going on with all these sort of trending topics in the streetwear, fashion, sneaker space. We want to keep it short. We're going to keep it really compact and really get to the, the hard-hitting details of a lot of what's going on in the world today. So for you guys... You know, we have a couple things that we want to talk about, but first of all, most importantly, we want to talk about all the fucking, fucking crime that is going on in San Francisco. Now, it's not just about, if you know anything about San Francisco, you know that they're infamously known as Bip City. If you don't know what bipping is, I get it. You're not from the Bay Area. It's a slang term, what have you. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. But essentially, it is the smash and grab of shit out of your car. It's a common thing here. I'm not even going to lie. It's yeah. a very common thing here in San Francisco. But that's not the only place that people are looking and targeting um, to to come up on stolen goods, stolen items. You know, it's happening at your favorite fucking streetwear consignment shops. A lot of our favorite shops, um, if you're from the Bay Area or have ever been to the Bay Area, you might have heard of a lot of these stores. You might have even shopped from some of these stores if you're from the West Coast. You know, you have Grails SF, Redwood City. Um, there's a couple a couple other like vintage shops as well. Even some like retailers are looking to kind of like tail, I mean, uh, scale back on the amount of inventory that they have in shop. But essentially, what's been happening, and this is kind of like a little flashback into the news, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen it or heard about it, maybe from a friend, is that there's been a lot of these like crazy, like, um, <laughs> you call them, I call them like robbery parties. <laughs> it's, it's like 50 plus people that are busting through some of the biggest luxury stores the louis vuittons the fucking apple stores everything you can think of that has any like high value goods people are running through them in teams fucking formations fucking like ask madden type plays like they're <laughs> running through these stores in squads and are taking as much as literally as many things as they can grab um it's been permeating uh the bay area northern california for the past couple of months, um, a larger one happened recently at a Louis Vuitton here in San Francisco. But Nate, bro, what are your thoughts just about what's been going on here in the city? And how do you think that's going to affect kind of going forward? Like how retailers operate, not even just during, during holiday season. I get it. Everyone's desperate, but just like in general. Yeah, I think, um, you know, San Francisco has been sort of a hot spot for stuff like that or just the Bay Area in general. You know, I think. A lot of those sort of crimes or activities have been going on. You see it in SF, you see it in Walnut Creek, you see it in Palo Alto, mm -hmm. all these cities around the Bay Area, you know what I mean? And so it's not it's not uncommon, especially here in San Francisco. It's definitely, it's definitely been on the rise. And so you've been seeing a lot more and more on the news and all, you know, everywhere. And so obviously, like, these stores, these companies, whatever, are taking measures to prevent that from happening because you know if, i don't know if you saw the video on the news but 
if people are walking out with like a $50,000, $75,000 LV trunk, like walking out with that, obviously that's a big hit to your business, you know, no matter if you're a multi-million dollar company or not, whatever. But, um, you know, it, it, I, I think it's definitely going to impact how retailers operate, whoever it may be, whether it's a consignment store or a big box retailer, big box retailer like Louis V or Burberry or Dior, whoever, you know, obviously there are going to be some effects. Their, their business, the way they operate is going to be affected. And I think, yeah. um, you know, I think it, it raises the question of like, are like for us here in the Bay area and maybe across the country, like, are we going to be able to shop in stores anymore? Are there even mm, going to be stores? Good question. Like, are we able to get to, are we going to be able to see the products that we want to see in stores or are we doomed to like shop online because of obviously yeah. like the amount of crime, the amount of theft. Um, and so it, it, it's, it, it, we're kind of it's, it's it's all kind of up in the air at the moment at the moment right. you know like nobody really knows what's going to happen obviously the holidays are the perfect time to commit a crime because it's like yes. people need the money people need the merchandise you know and it goes back to this thing of not everybody has access to no. the same things you know the people who are committing these crimes maybe they don't have access to like the things that they're stealing, you know, the Louis Vuitton, the Burberry shit, you know? Yeah. There's a fine, no, no, dude, there's a fine line. And we talked about this in a very early episode around the sort of the line drawn around an area of wealth that is union square and everything around that being the lowest of low poverty. Like union square is like, adjacent to probably the poorest most ghetto area of san francisco which is the tenderloin which is if you were to think of like if you're from la then you would think of it as like skid row like that is what the tenderloin is here in san francisco which is right you could literally walk from one block which is a louis vuitton store and walk two blocks and you could be right in the center of the most like impoverished area of san francisco like that and they always talk about like that's what they literally use this reference when they refer to like Gotham City and Batman. They say like you know you you have the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor literally steps away from each other, and that's why the city is the way that it is. So to your point, like holiday season doesn't mean shit in this case. Like even like when you think about coming off of like the pandemic, like and all these PPE loans that everyone has and how desperate everyone is for money at this point, that shit does not matter. It is the difference between like the high income, the low income, the 1%, the impoverished, like the the way that that shit melds in this city is it's unlike literally anywhere else in the world. If you really, really think about it. Yeah, I think there's the divide between the rich and the poor, I think, here in San Francisco or the the people who are less equipped, I guess, is yeah. the nicer way of putting it. Uh it, it it's so evident, you know, you like you mentioned, like you walk you walk 5 minutes from Union Square, right? And you end up in the Tenderloin, and it's a completely different neighborhood, completely different completely. environment. And so the divide is so clear. And, you know, I, I think that issue has been persistent since 
you know, since I was a kid, like I've always seen that. I've always recognized that. But I think even now more so because of, you know, like there's obviously a lot of money in metropolitan cities, whether it's SF or LA or New York, you know, it's there. But I think here you see the divide so much clearer and it's, it's so evident. And, um, of course, like things like this are going to happen. You know, there are people who have the means, have the resources who don't have to worry about things as much. And then obviously there are people who are just struggling to survive. And of course, like where those two worlds collide, that's always going to be a flashpoint. That's always going to be sort of a source of tension. And, you know, like, it, it it's it's like it's appalling to see that it has come to this but i think it's always been inevitable you know what i mean like it's something that we haven't been able we're not able to avoid and i think in terms of talking about the future i think this is going to keep continuing to happen until more people have access to the things that they need like the resources whatever you know because apparently that's not that's not happening at this very moment you know no it is definitely not and i mean what i want to cover in this next section is basically about how you know kind of what nate has said about this divide is going to really affect not only luxury stores as we've seen with like louis vuitton the nordstrom's and larger you know, corporate companies, but also a lot of these like mom and pop brick and mortar stores that also deal within the world of like streetwear, luxury and sneakers, which have these like really highly inflated prices and resale values, consignment, things of that nature that are really going to that are really at the end of the day, like worth a lot of fucking money. And those are going to be the, you know, essentially public enemy number one for where people are going to spend their time and and target like we're going to talk about that in a second but let's first get into this ad shout out to the sponsor of this week's episode shout out to guaki yerba mate nate bro let's be honest with each other man let's be honest you ever just feel down down bad no energy and you need like a nice little pick me up i'm down bad every day brian okay you know this. You know this. This is this is not some mystery, okay? Right. Of course, man. Well, I got something for you, man. Look, Guaki, your Bramante, nice cold can. Maybe it's a sparkling cranberry raspberry, right? I'm more of a classic gold fan myself. Classic gold? But. Okay. It's all good. I love the teas. The teas are amazing. Those things get you back to life, man. Shout out to Yerba Mate, Guayaki Yerba Mate to be exact for being this week's sponsor. Come to life with Guayaki Yerba Mate. Go get yourself a can. And shout out to them for sponsoring this week's episode. All right, back to it. So we kind of left off about the conversation of all this craziness happening, the difference between the high, the low, the poverty, the rich, everything in between. Let's talk about what these shops are doing here in the city, because I'm sure at some point later on down the line, things are going to manifest across what all shops are doing. Again, shout out to Grails SF, shout out to The Stash, shout out to Undefeated, shout out to Huff, shout out to all these shops that are, you know, you know, um, local and uh, kind of fuel the, the street we're seeing here in San Francisco, the consignment shops, everything in between. But what I've seen lately, which is still, you know, still kind of baffling to me 
in how people like follow suit to what other stores are doing is that they are removing all of the inventory from in their stores and they are putting it probably somewhere else where, wherever the fuck they keep their inventory. Right. And, um, you go into, you go into shops to experience, right? You go into shops to buy, sell, trade. You go into shops to see things in, 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 in real life to, to analyze the colors, the material, the fucking condition, everything in between. But the fact that these shops are pivoting from that and they're basically saying like, okay, you can come into the store at certain times with a locked door. You got to call ahead of time. You got to do, you got to you basically meet all this criteria before you even come to the shop. Like, what are your opinions on that? And how does that change the landscape of the retail experience or even the in-store shopping experience for people like us that like, you know, that's where our community is built and based around i mean it changes everything you know you walk in for us at least we we walk into a store and we like to enjoy the whole experience of shopping i think for us dover street market is a perfect example you walk in there and the moment you step foot inside it's an entire experience right it's like going to a museum in a way and the reason why people pay money to go to a museum is you're not sure you may be paying to see a specific piece of artwork or exhibit or exhibit whatever it may be but you're also paying for the experience of just walking around and taking Mm -hmm. everything in you know whether you're there for a particular thing or not and i think the same goes for retail stores you know we walk into these stores and in a way it's it's very much so like that you know and for us when you go to a museum, you don't get to touch the artwork. You don't get to like, no. you know, look at it that closely. And so walking into a store, and it's like being able to touch artwork, being able to feel it, being able to try it on. Or even learn from whoever it is that may or potentially be educating the people that visit an exhibit. Exactly. Like, to learn more about it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And so I think without that, for people who grew up with this sort of mindset going into shops, there's sort of, there, there's something missing, you know? We don't get that sort of tactile experience that you would get otherwise. That's the first word that came to my mind was tactile. Yeah. Like to feel like the material of a piece of clothing or an article of clothing that you've seen online or in a collection or a lookbook, what have you, and see that in person, try it, try it on is probably like the biggest thing out of all these things at the end of the day i gotta ask you this question do you think that these consignment stores primarily who are the ones that are like kind of initiating this sort of holding of of inventory and 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 sort of scaling back on on their business sort of um how they present their business out there to the standard like customer how do you feel about that personally? Do you think it's the right thing to do or do you think it's the wrong thing to do in this environment? I mean, from a business perspective, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, Obviously, if you keep incurring losses like this over and over and over again, like some of these businesses have, like it it just Mm -hmm. makes sense, right? Of course, like from a number standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a business standpoint, sure. But I think... 
for the customer, it's definitely it definitely minimizes like the full experience that they get from shopping, right? Right. You know, like I I currently work at a store where it's like you go there and it's like people go there not just for the items but also for the experience and I think you're taking part you're taking away part of that equation. And so it just becomes this transactional thing of like I want this. Okay, cool. Let me get that for you and ring you up, you know? It it's it it's not it takes away from that sort of feeling that you get, you know, like for instance, like I mentioned earlier, when you walk into Dover street market and you get to talk to the employees or whatever store may be, right, you get to right. talk to the employees, you get to feel the product, you get to see it. Of course. And you have this memory that you get to take with you. Not only a, like, not only just a product, but a memory that you mm-hmm. associate with purchasing that product. And I think because of what's going on right now, that part gets sort of taken away and sort of the, rug gets pulled out from under the customer and also i mean from the business side too you know obviously businesses want to be able to provide that because that's the entire not the entire point but that's some of the point of having a brick and mortar location and so if you take that away it it, it's like what's left you know should we just shop online at that point man i'm gonna i'm probably gonna have to say the unpopular opinion here when it comes to like the businesses acting on this accord because i get it the environment around you is prone to being bipped i get that right like you're following the trends of seeing it firsthand of what a louis vuitton is going through seeing it firsthand what apple store is going through at the end of the day as you see like businesses like-minded go through the same things, I get it. Pull your inventory out, create like um, this environment where you're not so prone to essentially being robbed or having all of your inventory taken away. I get that. But personally, and I'm just gonna say this because this might be the unpopular opinion, this shit can happen any day. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a trend for people to be start to get to start getting robbed for you to want to make this change. I don't I don't think that it it, it makes a difference. Cuz anyone could target your store at any any time, place, whatever. We've seen this with one of our favorite shops. Shout out to Archived SF um out in S- South San Francisco. There wasn't even a trend of store break-ins and they still got robbed. Right. Right? So who who is is any business to say that their shit couldn't get handled any day of the week, any day, any season of the year? You know what I mean? And if you act on that accord, if you it, essentially, it, my personal feelings is that it's playing safe. That if you constantly play safe, then that ruins the entire experience of why you even wanted to open the store to begin with. Like, I may not know the people that open an archive or a Redwood or. Um, or grails but from what i think for the reason why you wanted to open this shop is because you wanted to to not only make money that being uh, our favorite word of the, of the week tertiary but because you wanted to do something with your friend you wanted to do something built around the community of streetwear and sneakers and you wanted to to foster that relationship with other like-minded people you lose that immediately once right. that becomes a strictly web shop online e-commerce business you can't communicate with your the fucking people that are making orders online right like you can only do that when people are coming in store and you're just like yo like thanks for coming to visit like 
you're from wherever the fuck you're from and you're here to look for this thing that you saw that we posted on Instagram. Let's have that conversation and that, that exchange. You lose that when you have no product in store and you're literally just a machine where you buy, sell, and trade. Yeah. And that that's the part that I feel like it 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 kind of it holds these types of businesses back because at the end of the day these these guys aren't chains like they don't have multiple locations in other cities all across the world they aren't like a an undefeated where they can just close shop and their their the brand and sort of what they believe in isn't tarnished right like once you start to remove that aspect of what makes your business great because you're hesitant to experience this loss, which understandable from a business perspective, I totally get it. I'm not saying that you can't experience that or not feel that, but at the end of the day, it's just like, man, like how does the how does the customer look at you after some point of how long this is gonna take place? Because for me, I'm just like, okay, I love these consignment shops and I look to I used to look to like a Redwood SF, which is based out of the hate district in San Francisco. I look, I used to look at them as like Okay, if I ever had anything that I wanted to resell in Supreme, I'm going there, right? Or if, if there's anything that I want to sell, like, you know, sneaker-wise, I'm going to go there. Because at the time, they were the only shop in San Francisco that would do that type of stuff before, right. like, the Grail came around or the Archive, what have you. So I'm just like, okay, I'll do that. And eventually, you start to see them, you start to see them play out to the trend of, like, you know, um, you know, being robbed things of that nature um looking at like how other vintage shops operate in terms of like buying and selling hours so now if you look at their schedule and again this is no shade to redwood sf but you look at them and you're like you're only open from tuesday or wednesday and thursday from this time that no one can ever meet that gap and now like there's no exchange between you and the customer that wants to buy and sell and trade with you guys because you guys are the only ones that do it like that fucks up everything right and then you it's not that you lose distrust it's that you you lose this this aspect of like you want to treat these consignment shops like your friend like i want to go and you know trade my friend this shirt i want to go trade my friend you know these shoes and see what i can get out of it like that's the aspect that i think gets lost when you mm, and it's it's unpopular i get it but it's it's what happens when you when you decide to like go the route of like non-community and you just focus on like business 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 money 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 which i may not understand it because i'm not a business and i don't have my own <laughs> like brick and mortar but I'm going to speak for the people here and say like, that's the unpopular opinion, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I agree a hundred percent, you know, as somebody who enjoys that aspect of shopping, who enjoys that aspect of what the streetwear community is about. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think the, and this isn't like against your point, but I think the bigger thing to contend with is the reason why this shit is happening in the first place or I'm just being speculative here, but yeah. I think the reason why this shit is happening in the first place is because of this gap that we have in our, like in our community, you know what I mean? Right. Like we wouldn't have to worry about these things, whether it's like the businesses worrying about how they're going to survive. And also on the customer end of like getting this fulfilling experience when walking to a store, you know, we would all get those things if it weren't for the simple fact that, we're dealing with this big divide between who gets what, you know what I mean? Damn. 
No, it's it's, it's very true. Could you think about even the value of the goods and the services that of the industry that we're in, right? Right. Streetwear, sneakers, like whatever luxury items in general, like this ain't some cheap shit. No, like the the barrier of entry into our world is not for everyone. Exactly. So there's going to be an exclusion of income divisions amongst the poor, the wealthy, the middle class, what have you, like. It's it's always gonna separate itself because you gotta like we were talking about this earlier just about like Los Angeles right like San, the way people look in San Francisco is completely different from how people look in Los Angeles like the 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 not I wouldn't even say the barrier but the um the sort of the the bracket uh, the tax brackets of people in, in Los Angeles even though you know technically San Francisco is like one of the richest cities you know, in, in the country, whatever, the most expensive cities, but the, with the larger tax bracket in the, in the, in the, the, the types of expertise that a lot of people have in, in Los Angeles that warrant them having more money, they have more access to like certain brands and they have, they have this like richer aesthetic is way different than how we look in San Francisco. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's definitely that divide there, but also it's just like, for some reason, you don't see that in LA. Like, you don't see these shops reacting this way. And trust me, there are like multiplied by like 10, 20, 30 times as many shops in LA that do the same thing that they do in San Francisco. It's just that that division of like low income to, you know, the, the, the rich and the wealthy in San Francisco is so fucking drastic that it fucks up like everything that we have going on out here. Yeah, I think you look at, um, like, uh, that's a good comparison. You look at SF and LA, and it's like, obviously, the division is there. It's everywhere. For sure. No matter where you look, it's there. But I think, like, here in SF and the Bay Area, it's it's definitely, like we mentioned more, like, earlier, it's definitely more apparent and more evident. And I think, you know, as far as, like, the streetwear and sort of fashion community is so obsessed with this idea of exclusivity but to what point, you know? Yeah, yeah. To the point where it's like, it, it becomes this us versus them mentality, and which it always has been, but I think now True. it's being pushed further and further to the extremes. You know, streetwear and the whole principle of streetwear and what we think of as streetwear in terms of like drops and this, mm-hmm. that, it, it, it's about exclusivity, right? Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what drives this machine of like, I, you, you see people posting like shit that they didn't get on sneak on the sneakers app all the time, Facts. right? And I think that sort of fans the flames of like this divide that we're seeing between people who have less and people who have the most, you know? Yeah. And it's just being exacerbated even more because of whatever, because of everything, because of society, because of the internet, because whatever, you know? And so... I think, I mean, we have seen it in LA with like round two being broken into how, yeah. like, uh, yeah, how, yeah, like yeah. a couple years ago, you know, yeah, and how that was a big thing. And I think we're just at this period of, I think across the country and across the world at this period of like unrest where we're like, well, okay, There's well, if, if these people can have it, why can't I have it? Like, am I not deserving right. of it? Just because you have seven digits in your bank account doesn't mean that you deserve this more than I do. Right. 
And so I think people are starting to question that sense of exclusivity and really asking themselves, well, I think like, why don't I deserve this? Like, why can't I get this? Because what? Because of X, Y, and Z. And so I think, you know, we talk about, we're talking about this topic, but I think the bigger issue is like, obviously the divide between the pe- like the people, you know, yeah. and it affects literally, it's weird because it's such, it's such, it's so distinct to like streetwear and high fashion. Like you're seeing it, like you're seeing all these places like Burberry or Louis Vuitton. Right, right. Being broken into like smash and grabs, people running out with a shit ton of stuff. But it's like, why? But the other question I have is like, why do people value that over like, why aren't people doing that in like a restaurant where there's like cash being thrown around all right. the time? You know what I mean? But it's because like we have the, we place value on these things right. as a society. That's and, the ugly side of streetwear. And if there's anything that you as listeners will take away from this episode, is that. The ugly side of streetwear is that not everyone is going to get what it is that they want. There are just as many winners as there are losers in this fucking game. If not more losers than winners. The percentage is a lot higher. Exactly. Yeah. And that is the reality of the world that we live in. And I'm not... Okay, Winners and losers in life in general. Right. Hands down, there will always be that. But in streetwear, it is accentuated more often than not that the losers will always outshine the winners in this world. Because the winners, they got what they want. They're not going to announce it, right? Like you, you, like you said, you hear about more people that lose than win in this world when it comes to streetwear. Those that didn't get it, those that voiced their opinions on why the system needs to change, why these fuckers are using bots, why they need to release more sneakers, why they need to like lower the cost in this particular collection. It's all about the complaining about why I didn't get whatever it is that came out, right? The losers are the loudest in the streetwear <laughs> industry. It's a, it's a fucking fact. No, yeah. I, uh, it's yeah. a fucking fact. And that is is a straight up comparison about how we see everything that it is that is happening on the capitalist side of losers. And I don't want to call people who don't have money losers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the people that are less fortunate in the comparison of the people that are losers in the world of like streetwear and not winning releases and bullshit like that. The less fortunate are the ones that seem to be the loudest and making the, mo- the most noise and causing the most mayhem because they aren't they don't have the access like you're saying to the things that everybody else whatever you're saying a mad fox news right now Ooh, man shit. it's kind of crazy trump 2024 I'm, I'm just playing no but, but I, you know to some extent i agree i think that um you know like we talk about streetwear as sort of this microcosm of society and i think now that's more true than ever you know yeah it, Whatever I think happens in streetwear, I think sort of reflects what's going on in society in a weird no, no, way, that's right? A fact. That's, a, that's a big fact. In a weird fact. way, because streetwear and fashion and all these things are so ingrained into our minds these days. Mm-hmm. Like we talk, we talked about this in the last episode of buying into a lifestyle. It's like this lifestyle that people want is so ingrained into 
who they are. Facts, yeah. And so, of course, if people don't get what they want, they're going to voice their opinion, right? Or act on it. Or act on it, yeah. exactly. Like one or the other. But it's 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 like what what I think the question is, what do we do as a community, as this sort of group of people who enjoy this thing, this thing mm-hmm. being streetwear? And what do we do to make sure that I'm not saying that we have to give, I'm not saying that like, oh, we should just give everybody everything. You know what I mean? No, no. But th- I want to, I want to, uh, I want to add on top of yeah, that because I think this is a good segue into how we, how we look at the, 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 the closing end of these episodes, right? right? We love having silver linings to the shit that we talk about because at the end of the day, like we are not the spokespersons for your guys's life. We don't, we aren't the Walter Kong, Walter Kong, Cronkite, Cronkite <laughs> of your lives. You know what I mean? Like we, we have things to say, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to like a silver lining and how we want to end these episodes, Nate, give them the, the, the basis on how to think going forward. If you're a, 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 a brick and mortar store that's going through this, if you're a consumer going through this, what are what would you say is the sort of shining light to things like these? How do how do you want them to kind of proceed going forward? You know what I mean? Uh, I think like as cliche and as like fluffed up as this sounds, I think that the way that I think of it is like there's enough out there for everybody in one way or another. Yeah, you know whether it's like you. You didn't get what what you wanted the first time around. I think that there's always opportunities to fulfill whatever it is that you need in, you know, in maybe later down the road. You know, I don't think that just because you feel excluded doesn't mean that you're going to be forever excluded. Of course. And I think that's, we kind of talked about this last episode and it's like, you know, there's always a way for you to participate. I think that's the mm. overarching thing. And I know it's not always the easiest thing to accomplish or the easiest thing to do for everybody, yeah. but I think that there are certain opportunities where you you are allowed that opportunity. And, you know, it sounds mad privileged that I say that shit, but I think, you know, if you look hard enough, if you try hard enough, Obviously, it shouldn't be that difficult. I un- no. like I understand it shouldn't be that difficult, but no. you know, I think if you really, if you really, and this is advice for myself too. Like, if you really want something that badly, if you really want to participate in something that badly, you 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 can. Like, you have there are opportunities out there that allow you to do so. You'll find a way. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, it doesn't pers- mean you got to like break into my <laughs> shit and take my, take my shit that's in my trunk. I say like, you'll find a way that is illegal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's legalities to this, but like even to build on top of what Nate said, man, like if you're a business owner, man, really, really think about the decisions that you make in trying times like these. Again, I don't own your business. I don't run your business. Run it however the fuck you want to run it. But really think about the ramifications on what this means to stand up for your business, to stand up for your brand, to stand up for your consumers and what that means in the long run. Because a lot of these things, man, like 
to be controlled about uh con- controlled by the environment and the situations that you guys are in like i i completely empathize with what it is that you guys are going through but really think about how that affects your consumer and how they see your brand because at the end of the day like your consumers your customers your day-to-day homies like they are also looking for a haven to escape to whether it's to talk to you guys about you know resale prices or brands or clothing or street or what have you or or just looking for a place to hang out because they don't but now they don't because you guys are like boarded up and like doing all this shit there's you know there's there's give and take with all this stuff and i'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way because at the end of the day i'm not a business owner but that's from my perspective of just being a member of the community that loves these stores for what they offer to us on a day-to-day basis, that's probably like the the one thing that I would mention. And then outside of that, like even for for consumers, bro, y- we got to be patient with this shit. Right. And like we got to be so patient with this shit because at the end of the day, like streetwear is never okay. Let me let me let me retract that. Streetwear is given a lot to everyone. But it also has taken a lot from everyone because streetwear is not the nicest person on the block, right? Like streetwear is like they could be the abusive girlfriend, right? Like <laughs> they, there will be like that shining light at the end of the tunnel. But at the end of the day, you'll you'll take all the L's on sneakers. You'll never hit on on Supreme for the box logo. But you just want you know that there's that light at the end of the tunnel that where you'll feel that 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 instant gratification of getting what it is that you want. So again like really really think about and and reflect on what it is that you want out of streetwear i think that's like a really weird question to say or like to ask of of people but like streetwear is it's dynamic you know like it's it's sensitive it's 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 not fair right so like really think about what that is it's like the stock market right like people literally go fucking crazy working in the stock market and you'll have your ups and you'll have its downs. And I think that that's kind of the same way that streetwear is treated nowadays um, because of the fluctuating prices and what things are worth and what things are releasing and how important things are. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think for the most part, what we did in this episode was, was create a, a, a foundation or a basis for, for a lot of you that are, you know, you probably thinking that a lot of these things, don't make sense like right. you, you like why does streetwear and crime and poverty and in upper class and lower class what does that have to do with anything like it's just clothes yeah you would assume that that's the case but at the end of the day streetwear is treated just as much as any valuable item is treated and it's either you you, you earn it you spend your money on it and you get it or you find your way and you steal it and you take it and it, it, it's the same fucking story that's been told since fucking is, is the beginning Robin? of time. That's what I, I was gonna say, Robin Hood. But yeah, that's Robin Hood, right? Steal from the rich and give to the poor. Sure, right? Like that's that's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve doesn't whatever. Make sense, but Adam and Eve, I, I, I guess. I don't know how that applies. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I was just thinking of a reference from like way olden times yeah. to like connect it to. Yeah. All right, Nate. Let's close off this episode, man, because um. I think this was a great one. This is yep. like a this is a topic that was top of mind that we, we, we want to try to do a little bit more often. Things that are just like very centralized topics, single topics that we guys that we think that you guys will really fuck with, whether you're a business owner or what have you. So Nate, let's close off this episode. Um, 
Yo, let them know where to fi- let them know where to listen to this podcast. Yo, we're on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. Yes, that one thing that you mentioned last week that I've never heard of. What, what is that? that? I don't know. You Tidal? mentioned. Are we on title? I'm sure we're on. Is title even around Jay-Z. still? Title's hey, shout out to Hove, man. Shout out to Hove. Shit. The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. <laughs> I'm throwing a diamond up right yes, now. Sir. All right, yeah. So listen to us there. Yep. Uh, follow us on all socials: yep. Instagram, Twitter. Yep. What other socials we got? That's it. Instagram, Twitter. We don't have Facebook. You could watch old episodes of us on, on YouTube. YouTube. The visuals are coming vis- back yeah. at No Chance Radio. Yeah. Anywhere you type us in on Google, you'll find us. Make sure you follow. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you do all that stuff that YouTubers say. And we will catch you next week. Peace. Later. Later.